as we focus on just verse 1 of 1 Peter 5, my question is, what can we learn about practicing what we preach in leadership? And the way to answer the question is to just pay very close attention to how Peter identifies himself in this first verse as he begins to speak to the elders. Father, I pray that as we focus on how a leader gets down dirty, as it were, with the people he's leading and sets an example for them, that we would see how Peter does this here and be moved, moved by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, to be the kind of leaders that really win authentic submission rather than constrained or coerced submission. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read all of this because the way he identifies himself here and begins to set an example is moved by what he says here. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. And then he gives them three ways to do that. Not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Two, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Three, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples. And we're going to take another session on these, but you need to see those in order to see what he's doing here. So let's watch how he practices what he's preached here, up here, in the wording that he uses and the self-identifiers that he uses for himself. So I exhort. He doesn't say command. Is that significant? I exhort the elders among you. Well, look at this. Here's Philemon chapter 1. Well, there's only one chapter in Philemon. And Paul says to Philemon, Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to exhort same word is in 1 Peter 5.1. So, rather than command you, I exhort you. Reason, I love you. Well, how does that work? I mean, what's he, what's he getting at? What does love want? Dropping down to verse 14. I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be under compulsion, by compulsion, but of your own accord. Now, go back and look at this. Paul says, I mean, Peter says here, um, not under compulsion. Shepherd the flock of God, not under compulsion, but willingly. So he wants the elders to behave like he wanted, like Paul wanted Philemon to behave. And, and so he chooses the same strategy that Paul did in selecting a word here that is 
not using the full scope of his authority. And we know that he is an apostle. Here's chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles. So we know that he, he has the right to command and he doesn't use it because he doesn't want them to operate under compulsion, not his or anybody else's, but freely, willingly, joyfully. I exhort the elders among you, do a word study sometime on elders so you see how much there is in the New Testament, how the churches are to be led by elders. But here's an interesting thing. Among you, this is second person, so he's still directly addressing the church while he's addressing the elders. Isn't that interesting? I exhort the elders among you. You can listen in while I tell the elders how they are to treat you. I think that's really significant because it means there's real accountability here because these folks are listening to all of this down here for how the elders are to treat and deal with them. That's amazing and tells us that the church is not so top-down heavy that the people who are being led don't have any uh, sense of how it's supposed to be done and can't hold the elders accountable. And then he calls himself a fellow elder instead of an apostle. Amazing. In other words, he identifies with them. Here we have not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, not domineering. That's a direct effect, right? He doesn't want the elders to domineer over those in their charge, so he's not domineering over the elders here. He's calling himself a fellow elder instead of an apostle who can tell you what you have to do. And then he has two more self-identifiers, namely, I am a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, and I am a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Now that's significant because he identifies himself both as one who's tasted, so he was there on that awful, awful night of suffering. He saw it. He, he participated in it. He was part of the sufferings of Christ in his denial. And he knows that he's a partaker of the glory that is coming. Now, those two themes, suffering now, glory later, run through the whole letter. Look, chapter 1, verse 11, the prophets inquired what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. First we suffer, then there's glory. Chapter 4, verse 13, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. First sufferings, and then glory. Chapter 5, verse 10. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And so first suffering and then glory, which means that what Peter is doing here in his, his, his self-identification is not just getting down and identifying with them as a fellow elder. He's also saying, I'm with you all the way 
in the sufferings of Christ. I am a witness, maybe a double meaning here. I have seen Christ's sufferings and I now bear witness to those sufferings by participating in them. And I, just like you, am being sustained by my hope that I will one day be a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So, bottom line, therefore, if you lead, and I mean lead a small group, lead a ministry team that goes on a mission trip, lead as a pastor or an elder. If you lead, lead by example. Lead by identification with your people. So beautiful what Peter does here. I exhort I don't command the elders among you, and I draw you all into this teaching. I am a fellow elder, not just an apostle. I'm getting down and identifying with you as we care for the sheep. I'm with you in seeing and saying the sufferings of Christ, and I am sustained like you in hoping to participate in the glory that is coming.